Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR, your host David Gill here. I hope everybody is having a fantastic week as always. I certainly am. This week, we are talking about, the main thing we're talking about is Tesla's big announcement, Elon Musk's big announcement at their uh, conference they held this past week called Autonomy Day. I actually think this did not get nearly as much press as I thought it would for the scale and bravado of the announcement and the potential impact it could have if it is real and successful, which is always a question with Tesla, let's be honest. Um, But we're going to talk all about it. If you didn't hear about it, it's pretty crazy. Um, It kind of took me by surprise completely. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about afterwards uh, a little bit of Twitter and Amazon news and uh, see what's up with them because they had an interesting week as well. So anyways, let's get right into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So if you missed the uh, presser, obviously I don't think a lot of people watched the full, I think it was like an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, But if you didn't see a recap or anything like that of what exactly was announced, it was uh, very quickly that Tesla will have fully autonomous cars either by the end of this year or next year. Um, And there's kind of a few different announcements in this, but one of the major things is that, so before Tesla, and we're going to get into the weeds just a little bit because you kind of have to explain the background here of the full self-driving car uh, uh, world because there's so much, so so many competitors at this point, so much going on from huge uh, car companies, traditional car companies, Ford, GM, uh, and European car companies to uh, a bunch of Silicon Valley startups that are trying to build their own cars as well. Obviously, Google as well, Uber as well. So there's 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 tons of competition, tons going on, um, and tons of different information and different opinions always kind of uh, clashing against each other constantly. So I'm going to tell you what uh, Tesla kind of said. So Tesla basically said if, if before... Um, they were using NVIDIA for their Tesla computers. Well, they were using Mobileye uh, years ago, and then they switched to NVIDIA, which NVIDIA is basically one of the top-end GPU makers out there. But then Tesla was not happy with the results, basically. They wanted something custom and perfectly made for their vehicles, and that's not quite what NVIDIA does. NVIDIA does more for the masses. And so Tesla decided to create its own, basically, computer for its self-driving cars. And they said that it's now done. And they're already working on V2, which they said is going to be three times better. It'll come out next year, etc. But right now, Elon Musk has said that they have built a computer that 
uh, as of now, um, will be included in all new Teslas. They've built a computer that will allow a Tesla to be completely fully autonomous, meaning you don't have to be paying attention, hands on the steering wheel, any of that. It is a fully self-driving car. Uh, that is a very big deal. And they're also going to be releasing um, many software updates to older Teslas as well to enable many more self-driving features. Now, that is a massive announcement in itself, but on top of that, the bigger announcement is the Tesla RoboTaxi Network. What is that? Well, Elon Musk, and the time frames on this is really what shocked me. Because if he said, you know, th within five years, within maybe three years, whatever, I'd say, okay, maybe. But he said all of this is going to happen by next year. Like he said probably from what I took it, maybe like summer next year. That's... We'll see, um, but but essentially he announced the tes Tesla Robo Taxi Network, which is going to be combined has a few different combinations to it. One, it's going to be Tesla owners who are not driving their cars, and this idea has been around for a while, but they're finally implementing it. Basically, Tesla owners, if you own a Tesla, and you know, say you drive to work, you get to work, and you know your car is going to be in the parking lot for eight hours, you can then rent out your Tesla and have it go act as a robo taxi. Uh, as basically, you're, you can be an Uber driver without actually driving an Uber, uh, you can just have your Tesla be the driver for you and go and act as an Uber car and then you get paid. And then same thing, say you're at home or overnight or whatever. Uh, if you're not using it and your car has a good charge, then you can just rent it out. Then there's also going to be actual from Tesla itself uh, cars because they said, you know, to make sure the demand is always fulfilled in, in case there's not enough cars on the road, Tesla itself will rent out their own cars. And then there's kind of this new distinction where one thing is current existing Teslas, but they're also th these new robo taxis. Elon very kind of nonchalantly uh, said that basically going forward, they're going to start taking out pieces of the car that are not necessary. And he said, so maybe next year we could see the first Tesla uh, where they just remove the steering wheel and the pedals so there actually is no human interaction at all because he said well you don't really need it and that is a brave statement um this is all kind of shocking because if, if you've been paying attention to recent uh self-driving car news over the past probably six months things went from very optimistic to kind of i wouldn't say dire that's the wrong word but uh i guess uh, trying to dampen expectations, like saying, well, you know, self-driving cars and fully autonomous cars are probably still years away. Even uh, Google's, uh, the head of Waymo, uh, their self-driving car uh, division basically said, yeah, we're still pretty far away from having fully self-driving cars. We're not really sure. It almost seemed like, because they've spent tens of billions of dollars on their self-driving car division it very much felt like uh, we've spent a lot of money and we haven't made a huge amount of progress as far as being able to actually have cars on the road so 
you know, we're trying to kind of push things back and maybe get regulations to help us out as far as modifying the roads to make them easier for self-driving cars, etc. And uh, that's a discussion I'll get into in a second. But basically, Tesla and Elon Musk announced that next year they will have their own basically Uber type network of Tesla cars. And he said that there will be a million robo taxis by next year. Uh, this there's a lot there's very I have a list of like questions here that I that I kind of want to go through. Um, first of all, a million. That's a lot. What about I mean, what kind of first I know that they have nearly half a million cars on the road uh, now, but I think that's international. I'm not sure if that's the US. But even if it is the US, uh, that means they're going to make another 500,000 cars in the next year. I thought they were only making about, I mean, I, I guess they could do it, but they're making, I guess they are making about, what, 50,000, 60,000 a month right now. But to say that all of them are going to be robo-taxis, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that everybody who owns a Tesla will do it. The economic incentive seems pretty large, but then again, uh I don't know. I think people will definitely, at least in the beginning, be concerned about their cars being uh, trashed or ruined or whatever. Uh, but I think that stigma will probably go away. I don't think that's too much of an issue. I think I look at it kind of like the early days of Airbnb. People said, oh, my God, people are going to trash my house or my apartment or whatever. And of course, you know, there are rare occasions where it does happen. And uh, in those cases, Airbnb rectified it. And I'm sure Tesla would probably rectify it and then ban whoever you know if you if you trash a car they're probably going to ban you from the network not allowed to use it anymore anyways those are those are smaller problems but a million on the road next year uh there's questions of regulation which i'm going to get into later obviously and then the biggest thing is how cheap they're claiming it to be um they were comparing it to uber and lyft where they said it's about two dollars a mile uh, on Uber and Lyft, two to three dollars a mile, but I'm going to go on the low and call it two, just for comparison's sake. And they said that the Tesla network, that if you were to get a ride with the Tesla network, it would only cost you about eighteen cents a mile, rounded up to twenty cents a mile. That's ten times cheaper than an Uber or Lyft. So for me, right when I go to the airport, typically that ride is about uh it depends obviously depends on the uh the time of day you go but it's typically about 20 25 dollars you're telling me that that ride is gonna be two dollars two two dollars and fifty cents is that really what you're saying i'm not gonna complain if that's true but that just sounds almost unfathomable really and uh hey if there's anybody who is the king of being accomplishing unfathomable things that is elon but uh i don't know i just think you know you hear all these things and unfortunately elon and tesla have a have a history of making very big promises on very uh, hard, hard to meet deadlines that end up not coming true. And so that's why there is quite a bit of reasonable skepticism. And I'm less skeptical than a lot of others because I'm one who very much believes that self-driving car technology 
can be here much sooner than people think, um, be, depending on how you go about creating your algorithms and your software. And I'm going to get into kind of the differences between Tesla's uh, software and, say, Waymo and other companies in a second, uh, and the big difference and why Tesla is so far ahead of everyone else. And there's a couple other companies similar to Tesla uh, and why they're so far ahead. But really, it, it, it does sound too good to be true, but we'll see. I mean, he said in a year, that's not a lot of time. And obviously, this isn't something that's just going to be a light switch overnight. We're going to start seeing slowly rolled out over the coming year. Uh, I'm very excited. And really, the, 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 the crazy thing is, and he's, he said it himself, that it would be, I think he said, financially insane not to buy a Tesla, uh, to buy, uh, like if you're in the market for a new car right now, to not buy a Tesla RoboTaxi, one of their new Teslas with this new uh, computer in it, because he said that basically the cheapest version of the taxi where you get this fully autonomous uh, ability is $38,000. Obviously, you know, if you want custom upgrades, it'll be more expensive, but the minimum is $38,000 US dollars. And now this this seems this estimate seems very high as far as this is his income estimate for how much you can make renting out your car. Uh, this is probably how much you'll make if you're just constantly renting it out every time, like as much as you can. Uh, but basically, he said that you could make thirty thousand dollars in your first year renting out your car. That's a lot. Uh, I don't know what the tax implications of that are. I guess you would consider it a contractor, even though you're not actually doing the work, but you probably would be a contractor to Tesla. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about the tax implications. That's not really what's so important here. But uh, lots of questions, lots of lots of questions going on here. Uh, but 30,000 sounds extreme. That sounds like, okay, every minute that I'm not using my Tesla, it's being rented out. But say it's even like half that 15,000, right? And you can make 15,000 a year and you paid 38 grand for this taxi and you're not paying for gas anymore. And uh, I mean, the Teslas are known to be much cost much less to maintain because they don't have, you know, a combustible engine. So you don't need to change your oil, you don't need to do a lot of stuff that happens with combustible engines as they get older. Um, so say you make your money back in three years. Uh, that's I don't know. I agree with him. I don't know how you could buy any other car that is not a Tesla if this is truly the case. So let's talk about for a second, because uh, I, I keep saying I'm going to talk about this later. I'm going to talk about this later. Let's step back for a second and talk about how Tesla is able to have fully autonomous vehicles so much sooner than everybody else. Um, and that is because they took a different approach to essentially training their algorithms, right? So just like any human that needs to learn all of these cars, these robots, whatever you want to call them, it's obviously it's not the car itself. It's, you know, the computer, the algorithm, the car. Uh, I'll just call them the cars to make it simple. So uh, all of these cars, in order to learn uh, how to drive, they're just like humans. They need to be either taught or they need to be given uh, lots of data in order to figure out how to drive. 
and there's kind of two different approaches. So the first approach, um, I, I don't know if it was first, I, guess, I think it was first. Uh, but basically the Waymo, uh, Google approach, and also Uber, and it looks like Ford and GM are also taking this approach, is the kind of rules-based and 3D mapping LiDAR, if you heard about LiDAR, uh, uh, it's been like the, the buzzword in, in self-driving cars. LiDAR is, is basically, uh, I think it's light detection and range, I think is what it stands for. Uh, like the LI is one word. Anyways, it basically is 3D mapping with lasers. It's like a more advanced radar. Um, and so these cars make a 3D map of the road and they use geofencing and all types of stuff like that. And then they use rules-based. So tell the car, okay, when you approach a stoplight, you're supposed to stop, check both ways, blah, blah, blah. If the other person was there first, you have to let them go for, you know, all that stuff. And they kind of program this in. That is the slower method and more difficult method of training a self-driving car. That is the method where you hear a lot of people saying, oh, we need to kind of change the roads to adjust for self-driving cars so that they can have little pathways to follow or something like that. Like some people say draw certain specific lines on the road to make sure that they can follow it precisely, all types of stuff like that. Um, then there's the Tesla approach and there's other uh, Silicon Valley startups that are following this too, uh, that is, we don't need any of that crap, we don't need LiDAR, we don't need geofencing, we don't need any of that. We have tons of human drivers and data and behavioral patterns and we can see how humans drive and react to different circumstances and basically collect all of that data and then use that to teach uh, the algorithm, the, our cars, how to drive. And Tesla, obviously having hundreds of thousands of cars on the road with many sensors and cameras, uh, are very much able to do this. They're, they have, and that's how they do it. That's why they say their their autonomous uh, fleet and their self-driving car capabilities are always getting better because they're always, you know, they're selling more and more cars all the time and they have more and more miles being driven all the time. So they're collecting more and more driver data and more and more uh, experiences and I guess you could say uh, uh, just basically they know how to drive in all environments at this point because Teslas are worldwide uh, uh, right now and so this approach is different and it doesn't require like I said LiDAR or any of these things which one jack up the price of the cars that's why if you've seen those Waymo minivans living in Phoenix, they are everywhere here because this is like the testing grounds. Uh, they have these big things on the top of the car and the Waymo minivans, I've seen estimates that they cost over $100,000 each uh, to basically make one of those cars, which is ridiculous because it's just like a cheap minivan with basically this tech on it. Meanwhile, you have a Tesla that is like this beautiful kick-ass car uh, without any ugly crap, and it's also a self-driving car. So these are the two different approaches, and that's, I hope I, I did uh, the best justice I could in making you understand that. Basically, you have the rules base. We're going to tell the car exactly how to drive. We're going to have all these different 
sensors, technology, 3D mapping, blah, 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 uh, to teach it exactly how to perfectly drive. And then you have the, there's the, the another startup is Comma AI. Uh, their website is comma.ai. Um, they are basically making a self-driving kit. You might have heard of it. Uh, they kind of made a splash a few years ago, but basically uh, they're, they're, they make a self-driving car kit. So if you don't own a Tesla, you own whatever car. It doesn't work for all cars, but it works for a lot of cars at this point. Uh, I think most Toyotas and I think most most GM cars, I think. Uh, but basically, you have a kit that you can put in your car and it's can make it self-driving. Not fully self-driving yet, but they're getting there. And uh, they, they follow the same approach where they take just tons of video data of people driving and then the car learns from just watching people drive and seeing what mistakes they make and seeing what they do right and because for the most part people are actually decent drivers the problem is that we don't pay it that humans get you know distracted or you know, just there's lots of little things that humans do that are very inconsistent that a robot would not do. But when humans are fully paying attention, they're actually pretty decent drivers. They know how to react to different situations. They know how to avoid when to slow down. There's a lot of nuance to driving uh, that is very hard to just write in a rule, which is what Elon Musk was saying and why that he basically said LiDAR is a fool's game, I think is what he said uh, at the autonomy day, saying that you don't need it. It's 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 You're never going to be able to uh, write down every single rule for a self-driving car to do on the road and you don't need all this 3D mapping and expensive technology and to change all the roads just for self-driving cars. You don't need all that. You just need the cars to learn from people. And then once you have that, the cars are going to be much better because they're going to have all the nuance and experience that people have of driving without the distraction and inconsistency of, of human drivers. So that's my uh, best explanation I'm going to give on that. But Getting back to this robo-taxi idea, um, and so that's why Tesla is able to go to market so much faster than everyone else. But like I said, back to this robo-taxi idea, really, I mean, this is what Uber, uh, this is what Travis Kalakanik, the original founder and CEO of Uber, who obviously is no longer with the company, uh, said was the ultimate goal of Uber, to have a fully autonomous network of cars that could pick up and drop people off and tesla is beating them to it it looks like now again we don't know if this is fully going to happen but uber is still very far away from this and if this does really happen and i mean the rides are just so much cheaper than uber and lyft i mean this is a serious competitor for these companies I, I, again, now I'm not sure they'll have a million cars on the road. Uber and Lyft have more inventory than that as far as drivers. Um, but but yeah, I mean, this is going to be a real third competitor in the uh, in the ride sharing space. And it's interesting that they 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 did this autonomy day 
the week, the same week that, uh, or I guess the week after Uber did un, un, release their S1, basically their pre-IPO uh, expectations form, and they're going to go public very soon, estimated around 80, 90 billion valuation. And I don't know, maybe there's going to be a lot of investors who see this announcement and say, hmm, do I want to sink a ton of money into Uber right now when they could potentially have a massive competitor coming out of left field that no one saw coming? This is interesting. Um, again, the production scale, a million on the road, it's possible. It might be a little overzealous, but I think they definitely could have hundreds of thousands. Um, the other main question is, regulation uh here's the interesting thing i was doing a little bit of research now it's it, i am definitely no expert in road rules and regulation uh all states are different but technically i guess in many many places there is no rule against fully self-driving cars and basically human not, not having human intervention now i don't know if there is going to be rules against having no one in the car because that's part of it right part of the robo taxi is that you get out and then i'm not going to use it right you're not going to use the car and then you say all right i'm going to rent it out for the next uh you know few hours I don't know exactly the rules on not, right, because obviously to go from you to pick up person B, uh, I don't know the exact rules of that. And then obviously Elon went to the point to say that, you know, next year they might start removing steering wheels and pedals from cars. So obviously then there's definitely no human intervention, uh, whether there's a human in the car or not. So the, the regulation is a major question. But from what I've seen in many places, uh, including even in California, and I could be wrong. I mean, please call me out if I'm wrong because I there's I, in researching this, there are so many convoluted things. But technically, there's nothing illegal about this. Um, now, technically, it also it's it's kind of like the rules haven't really been written in most places, and. There's and basically there haven't really been rules against, but there also aren't really rules for. And so that's the general situation we're in here. Uh, unclear regulation, big promises, but if everything works out, potentially a game-changing service and a company that is really years ahead of everyone else, which... Uh, Tesla seems to have been uh, for many years in different ways. Uh, I'm very interested to see where all of this goes. There's definitely a lot of questions um, and a lot of things that hopefully will be answered uh, with time. We will see over the coming months. Uh, hopefully we'll learn some more details. And obviously, well, within a year, we'll know. We'll see how regulators react. Um, I hope that Tesla is maybe trying to work with them um, and making sure that everything is legal and allowed. But uh, hey, I mean, if this is all true and if everything works out, uh, I'd be very excited. I definitely would uh, get a ride in a robo taxi. And uh, hey, maybe when I am in the market for a new car, 
it does make a lot of financial sense to get a robo taxi a tesla robo taxi if it literally does pay for itself so we'll see um very big announcement that i think didn't get enough attention it got a lot of attention but not as much as i thought it would uh, but maybe that's because people are just used to elon making huge announcements all the time at this point but hey uh tesla continues to make big moves all right let's move on to twitter real quick i just wanted to talk about them uh briefly because uh they continue to do very well so last year uh last summer i made a a whole episode about twitter and how they can grow both users and revenue and on the revenue side i said that they really really need to build out their ad platform because they have so much potential for um, user data and behavioral data that they really aren't taking advantage of that could allow for much uh, could open the door for many more advertisers to come in because right now on Twitter um, you do need fairly larger budgets because it's more of a, a, a platform to get a lot of reach rather than to try to get a lot of conversions and I think that they could also become more, more of a conversion platform, but they need to continue to harness their data and create uh, algorithms that are able to interpret the mass amounts of data that is in people's tweets. That's where obviously most of the data is coming from and interpreting that and then using that to um create audiences and specific, you know, hyper-targeted audiences that I always discuss that Facebook is so valuable uh, at, and even Google as well, that uh, Twitter has the ability to do that too, but that they need to build out their ad platform. And so that's what I said last summer, and uh, they've been very much doing so. Their ad platform has improved a lot. It still has a lot of room to grow, um, but investors were very happy. The stock jumped, I think, like 7%. Um, it might have come down a little bit since then, but uh, it jumped quite a bit on the news. They beat revenue expectations again, and it just seems like Twitter is very much getting everything together on the business side. They also grew a bit on the user side, uh, which was unexpected because they've been pretty flat on the user growth for a long time. And overall, I think that Twitter is is doing better. I think that they're really turning into a, a, a more mature business, which ultimately I think is a good thing. Uh, you can't just be a startup forever. And I'm not saying that they're a startup by any means anymore and haven't been for a while, but uh, they still want to innovate and they still want to try new things. Don't get me wrong. But as far as basically monetizing the current uh, massive platform that you already have, they really are doing a much better job of it now than they were a year ago. So props to them. I didn't know if they could do it, and they have done it in stride, so I just wanted to mention that. And then one other thing. Amazon announced that they are going to start offering one-day free delivery to all Prime members. Right now, you get two-day free delivery. It's the big pitch. And now you're going to be able to get one-day free delivery. That is crazy. I mean, I already get it. I'm sure a lot of you have gotten it before already. Um, it depends, uh, I think, just on where the product you're buying is warehoused. But if there happens to be that product in a warehouse nearby uh 
important where you live, then you can get things in one day. But now they want to make it so that everything is one day. Uh, and they said that they're willing to spend, I think, uh, was $800 million dollars. Uh, in I'm not sure exactly what they're going to spend on, I guess in increasing maybe warehouses, logistics, I don't know exactly, um, but that's that's their plan. And this makes sense too because it kind of is, is uh, put, connecting the dots a bit of over the past uh, quarter, two quarters, they've been very much focusing on their actual marketplace of increasing their bottom line uh you know they they recently a couple months ago cut off a lot of vendors not seller you know there's sellers and vendors sellers are people who just sell in the marketplace and then amazon takes a cut and there's vendors which are more like traditional retail uh partnership where they sell their products to amazon and then amazon tries to sell it themselves just like you would do if you were selling to walmart you know walmart buys the inventory and then tries to sell it so Amazon cut off a ton of vendors that basically were not making enough money for them or that they were losing money on and said that, hey, we're trying to be more profitable, so this partnership isn't going to work. You're going to need to figure out a way uh, to make it profitable or it's not gonna, we're not going to have a partnership anymore. And really, this is what all retailers do, but it was just bigger because they kind of did it in one fell swoop uh, to a ton of vendors. So... But and they've been doing other cost-cutting things as well to increase the profitability of their platform, and I think this makes this is kind of maybe their reason why they were being so aggressive and trying to increase the profitability, so that now they can affordably uh, offer uh, one-day free shipping. That's I mean that's great as a Prime member. I'm very excited for uh, one-day free shipping. I think you know we are probably only a few year, few years away from honestly even same day free shipping on most things uh, if we're being honest so we'll see how soon they're able to roll this out but um, yeah I guess they're just giving even more incentive for people to continue their prime memberships and if they don't have one already to get one anyways that is it for today's episode but before we go speaking of Amazon if you are looking to create your own new store and get started on Amazon, but you haven't done it yet because you're hesitating, you're not sure exactly what it takes to launch, to get off the ground running fast and make a good listing and all the details that go into uh, getting on Amazon, maybe you have a product that takes uh, quite a bit of layers of approval, which seems to be more and more products these days, whether it's food or lotions, cosmetics, things like that. Uh, or you're already selling on Amazon, but you aren't happy with your results or just want to give your sales a boost, some juice. MGR can help you with that. We work with a plethora of of small businesses and we work with fortune 500 companies the full range no matter what size business you are we can help you get started or once you're getting if you already been started we can help you boost those sales so if you want to discuss amazon with us you can go to mgredge.com slash amz or you can uh, just email me directly if you want to chat with me, uh, david 
at mgragency.com. There's no commitments. Uh, we don't do any long-term contracts. It's 30 days. So if you change your mind for whatever reason, you can cancel. Uh, we don't hold you hostage in any way. Uh, and we offer a free 30-minute consultation, up to 30 minutes. Some people only take five minutes and they're ready to go. Other people take the full 30. They have a lot of questions. They want to learn more about Amazon. Either way, we're happy to do it. No obligations. We can chat on the phone, chat over email, chat over wherever you want, whatever works for you. Reach out and see if we can help you on Amazon. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you made it this far, I would assume that you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, I would really appreciate it if you would share it with someone else who you think would also enjoy it, and if you could leave a rating uh, or review or both on iTunes. A rating takes like two seconds. You literally click on the podcast and tap how many stars. Hopefully, you give us a five star, but you know, just just leave a rating, Um, and then if you want to actually leave a full review, then we welcome that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.